Hi, welcome to Touch Podcast. This is Nate. This is Ryan. This is a podcast for adults. <laughs> On this episode of Touch Podcast, this is the second part of our interview with Joshua Harris and filmmaker Jessica, who's been making um, a really fantastic um, existential documentary of Joshua Harris, who wrote the famous book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, um, a purity abstinence book. Uh, that encouraged us to skip the dating process to save sex for marriage. Yeah, and uh, we uh, left off on the last episode where, um, you know, we've we've tried a couple different ways coming at it from a different couple different angles to get him to talk about what is his new teaching. And so uh, we don't want to oversell this episode. He doesn't tell what his new teaching is going to be, but he does get really honest and vulnerable and talks about how how he's genuinely pained um, on how his book has impacted some people um he answers nate he answers your question about um you know why he left the project and came back to it and you know we you have to have a lot of respect for someone who is willing to uh, undo uh, their entire what their entire ministry and career and life has been about. I thought you just said we weren't going to give away the ending, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Say what what he's changing it to. Well, you know what? You're right. Okay, so it's just it's just it's exciting. He the answer he answers the question in the documentary, and I do think everything that he talks about here is it's 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 definitely worth your eyes to watch. Um, it's a compelling piece of film. Um, with a compelling person with a strong statement to say. Yeah, and I think it, we need always need to keep in mind that, you know, if you've, whether you read his book or not, it's easy for us to sort of objectify him or his ideas and be critical. Um, and that, that that's a valid, it's valid to be critical. People should be critical. Um, but, you know, in, in, this, in this next segment, he talks about how this isn't theoretical or academic for him. And he speaks to the painful and difficult task of coming to terms with the fact that what he started teaching 20 years ago and has built his career on is regrettably flawed. I would just say from day one for both me and for Jessica, that's been a huge priority. In other words, we knew that my journey of reevaluation was the thread that was allowing us to tell this bigger story. We don't apologize for that. But the reason that I'm, you know, embarked on this process of reevaluation is because um, we wanted to understand, I wanted to understand um, how the ideas in my book had affected other people. Um, that required listening and that required engagement and I'm I'm really proud of the of the final product and the way that I think it it highlights and features other other voices and I mean I think the bottom line too is that you know this film would not be um, possible or as effective if uh, Jessica who is a single woman um, wasn't at the helm of it you know the producer and director and so that was that was very important to me and I I think that adds a, a tremendous amount of credibility, so. 
Yeah, I you know what I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that too because as a filmmaker myself, um, it's it's really important to figure out a an authentic way to carry these other voices, and um, you're in the position to to do it in you know the way it sounds like the way that you're doing right now is is phenomenal to to get as close as you can and to offer the mic so so to speak, um, and. And I think we all have a personal responsibility when we pick up books and we read them. Um, every author is reading something from their experience and every reader is reading it from theirs. It may look different for me, and, um, but, but the gesture behind taking your own personal responsibility with the truths that others share, I think that also should be part of the conversation that, that you know, those of us who feel frustrated by the messages from the purity movement, including you know, aspects of uh, I Kiss Getting Goodbye, before we right. speak vehemently about those who, you know, we want to blame, like, oh, they said this, don't forget our own responsibility as readers, as seekers. We all, we are all on this journey together and we all corroborate these stories. And, and what really makes me curious is you mentioned that there was a moment that, you know, you quit the documentary and then, and then you came back in. Um, I'm curious to hear about those pressures. What, what was going on that that made you, you know, feel like okay, this isn't too intense? And and how did you come to the decision to to come back? And and after Josh, after you answer that, Jessica, I'd like to hear your side of that. You know, Josh almost leaving and coming back to the project. Yeah, um, so many. <laughs> I really just appreciate Ryan and Nate. You know, the the questions you're asking and the. Um, and the insights that you're bringing. Before I answer that question about the moment that I, I dropped out, I, I think, um, Nate, part of what you were talking about earlier is just there's, there's an interesting tendency in the church for us to uh, really elevate certain people. We, we jump on bandwagons a lot. Um, I think that part of the appeal with I Kiss Dating Goodbye was that I was this young guy who was saying things that a lot of parents wanted their kids to hear. And, um, and so, and, and, and you know, that guy. was this, this <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's just interesting to look back on it. You know, it's just like in the music industry, there's like a new boy band every, like, I don't know, every 10 years. And I think a lot of times we do that where we, we feature these, you know, testimonial kind of moments with young people where we are, we're excited about, them influencing other people and it's income it's compelling and so on but there's also a lot of um a lot lacking when it comes to experience and, and wisdom um and that's a big part of what i when i go back and i look back at the things i wrote there's a lot there that i appreciate and there's a lot there that i would still stand by and then there's a lot that i think oh my goodness you know wh why were so many people listening to this 21 year old kid um, who had so little experience and, and, and um, wow. I, I can shake my head at that a little bit. But um, in answer to the, the question about the moment that we, we, I dropped out of the project, you know, I think really the, the journey, the story behind the story of the film has been one of Jessica and I growing in our friendship and learning to, to trust each other. And there's just an incredible amount of you know, trust, it kind of is like daily trust falls practically with this whole, this whole project, because I'm having to trust her, you know, knowing that 
she is going to be crafting the film as the editor and director. She's, you know, making so many different decisions that, um, that kind of shape the way that, uh, you know, my ideas are being portrayed. And then she has to trust me as I'm, you know, in process doing these interviews, dealing with all the emotional stuff of, you know, reevaluating my ideas, which, you know, it's not just my ideas, it's kind of my life and my identity and all these things. And so, you know, that has been um, a very challenging thing for both of us. And, and we, we are both so close to this topic. It's not just like this theoretical, academic kind of, a, of an issue. Um, we've both been on a journey and evolving and kind of developing at a different pace at different times as we try to make this, you know, huge uh, film together. So initially, when we were first in discussions, the, the, the idea for the project was very different. It was going to be Jessica's story and her journey intertwined with my, my journey and my story. And um, while I was initially excited about that, I came back to her and was like, I, I just don't think this is, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. I think this is too complicated. And really, it was because I was like, I don't know. I don't know exactly how your story is going to play out. And that makes me nervous trying to make a film that mixes those two things together. And so we ended the project. And then she came back and said, you know what, I think we want to streamline this. And now my vision for the project is really just, you know, you kind of the film telling the story of your journey. And I'll be the artist behind the camera. And you'll be the artist in front of the camera. And I had kind of you know, gotten to a point where I felt like, you know what, I think this really could work. And I trust Jessica to tell that story well. And so we, um, we moved forward from there. But even at that point, it was still a process of, of trust back and forth. Wow. That's, uh, Jessica, what's, what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, well, that's, it's basically exactly how Josh described it. And, uh, it was, um, you know, I was, I did my undergrad in film. I spent five years working for Apple in Australia. So I was in the corporate world, very secular environment, um, and wasn't making films, came to Regent. And so I was like just dipping my toe back in the water of, of filmmaking. And so it took a while to kind of fine tune, um, you know, I knew I wanted to make this film, but it's like, well, well, where is the story? Like, like, what is the story? And you're kind of reaching out into black matter to find something that's going to be interesting, compelling, and um, not leave the audience just infinitely more confused. And, um, and then thinking about, you know, what was going on in, in, in my life at the time as well. And, and I had started a relationship, I was dating a guy and, um, I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen with this. And so then putting myself and him like in the spotlight, is that something I want to do? And I chatted a lot, um, not only with Josh, we dialogued about it, but also with um, the professor, uh, Ewan Russell Jones, who is our executive producer on the film. And, um, and, you know, and he, and he said, you know, it's probably not a good idea to like put yourself out there right now. Um, where your situation is kind of still quite vulnerable um, and because things haven't kind of panned out in a particular direction. And then also um, we, uh, I was in the process of editing a film for um, Professor Russell Jones um, called Making Peace with Creation and that was a feature-length documentary that, um, that Josh and I both worked on and I was the editor on that. 
And in the process of, of being fully immersed back into filmmaking, I re I regained confidence and and kind of reestablished my 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 storytelling identity and then thought, okay, this is the story. It's it's it is Josh. And and we can do this in a creative way that that leverages his story for uh, for clarity for the audience, so hopefully telling them and communicating something that is very helpful, but also in a creative way that involves various different perspectives. And, um, and we can present to the audience um, a really interesting film um, with a lot of tension, a lot of jeopardy, um, which, you know, is just gold for a filmmaker um, as, as we just do the best job we can of telling Josh's story and um, the process that, that he's been on. I, I, for one, am really excited to watch it. And, um, and I, I have a, a question, Josh, you, you made, um, you made a comment earlier and it's related to something I said at the beginning when I was fumbling around. And that was when I was on a college campus, there was all these, you know, 18, 19 year olds reading your book and really comforted by it. I think part of it was they found so much comfort in it because, you know, life was crazy and they'd gone to a college campus and they weren't sure what was, you know, mom and dad weren't there to tell them what was right or wrong. And then there was this book that was like, gave them a very, very concrete way to think about um, their sexuality that in, you know, a process to follow um, where they could, you know, have integrity. And it wasn't until I got to uh, doing some more research into the book and the documentary where there's a clip online somewhere where you say that you were like 19 when you started writing the book. And And that resonates because, you know, you you know, to be a young, to be on college campus and have these young people liking the book written by someone who is basically their peer. I mean, that's something really beautiful about that. Um, but I'm wondering how, if in the documentary, do you all look at or address how, how does a 19, 20 year old get a manuscript and then end up selling a million copies in a handful of years? Well, I think you're hitting on something that uh, we do try to address in the film, not so much the specifics of how I got my manuscript to a publisher and that type of thing, but just the fact that there were larger things taking place in the culture and in the church at that time. And I think as is often the case with large scale trends and so on, um, you know, as Malcolm Gladwell talks about things, ideas reach a tipping point and they tip over into, um, you know, pop culture in a significant way. And it was really just the kind of the, the perfect storm, perfect timing of a lot of frustration in the church about um, teen pregnancy, abortion, sex before marriage. There were political issues tied to that. Um, the movements around um, abstinence and so on really you know, parents and leaders saying, we've got to, we've got to do something. We, we've got some serious problems. And that focus on abstinence, that focus on saving sex for marriage uh, was bumping up against, um, you know, the reality that dating relationships often lead to sex. <laughs> and so my book was sort of this, in a sense, logical, um, you know, carry on of, of that idea of if you're going to save sex for marriage, you need to be even more radical and um, change the way that you're approaching romantic relationships in general. And so it just hit at the right time. It was, um, 
It was a, a voice that was compelling because it was someone who was in that season of life. Um, you know, it's, it's something that you, you can't repeat and duplicate and so on. But I, I had been writing a, um, uh, from like a, to answer your, your question of how this took place, I had been publishing a magazine for homeschool teenagers. The homeschool movement, I think, is a big uh, part of how this spread. Uh, my dad was a, a very famous, well-known homeschool speaker and leader who had spoken to hundreds of thousands of people. I had this magazine that went out to maybe 5,000 people. Um, I was doing conferences, and I started writing and speaking about this stuff. And there had, there are, my, our parents had already been talking about all these ideas, and my book was essentially me after, you know, blowing my parents off and not listening to them, realizing, you know what, maybe dating isn't so great, here are problems. And I basically translated a lot of the ideas in the courtship movement among homeschoolers into a more popular message in I Kiss Dating Goodbye. It was a catchy title. And all these homeschoolers bought this book and began to share it with their friends. And then um, it, basically a snowball effect took place. Let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Next Good Consulting. Next Good coaches individuals and organizations to create new futures in a creative consulting process that starts with one powerful question. If your life were a comedy, what would happen next? It's true. He really asked me this question, and that's, that's what unlocked me. This unique story framing helps generate new ideas, design imaginative alternatives, and craft a new storyline. Whether it's your life or a business idea that's stuck, you can learn to stop rehearsing that scripted drama in your head and start having fun in your own happy story. I should know because I did, I did those exact same steps and it, it really has changed the course of my life. Start a new page today with NextGood at www.rnextgood.com. Tell them you heard about them on Touch Podcast and get one free coaching session on me, on Nate. Because I took it, and it was amazing, and I want you all to experience it. At least just have a chance. Next good. Gain a new sense of purpose by starting something good. That is fascinating. Do you cover all of that? Uh, is that all in the film? Um, no, we really don't. We really don't try to get into the details of the homeschool movement and how those things unfolded, you know. I mean, if you start trying to, to go down every trail of explanation, you're looking at like a six hour film. So. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, it can't be about everything. It can't be about everything. When, a unique per when I came across the book, um, like I kind of took the title literally. Like, oh, I, I better stop dating. And, and when I dated my, my wife, we're, we're now no longer together, but I didn't formally date her. We were, we were friends until... I felt like, oh, she's the one I want to marry. Uh, let's let's do let's just go right into the, you know, talking about our intentions and, and being very intentional with our relationship. And then I, I brought my own issues um, into to the marriage, um, and um, as as each person does, and we have our own uh, learning alchemic process. And I'm no longer I'm single now, and I'm 41, and I'm I have to date again. And lo and behold. Holy shit! I don't I don't have a reference to, to date because I never dated before, and and now I'm I'm right. learning this interplay between you know people and 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 trying to do this 
um, feeling like, okay, if this narrative didn't work for me then, now, now that I'm going through that process, um, I think the alchemic experience that you describe, Josh, in making this film, and Jessica, that you describe as a filmmaker, how you both have transformed, I'm also going through this transformation. And so the bigger celebration here is that the conversations are happening, and it sounds like the, the documentary is, is the essence of that conversation where this stuff actually happens. And I feel like I'm getting the real you, Josh. I mean, to be completely honest, like, so um, is there more of the Josh, the Josh Harris that we're seeing now, is there more of him during then? And, and, and who was that guy? If, if you wanna, you know, share that into this conversation too. Yeah. Um, boy, am I, am I gonna get a bill for this therapy session? I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm on the couch here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Touch Podcast. Tell us your problems. Uh, this isn't really a podcast. Jessica just set this up, didn't she? She's like, Josh needs some therapy. It's a confrontation. This. <laughs> this is an encore documentary. This is, um, you know, going over the credits at the end of the film. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think overall, this is like, you know, now that we're kind of disclosing the machine, this is our chance to to see the real you because the real you is doing some really amazing things. Um, and I, I, our hope is that folks hear the real you before they hear all the opinions. Well, Nate, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing from your own story and, and the, you know, the journey that you're on. Um, I, I think that, that Jessica and I have, have come across so many different stories um like that in the sense of people realizing you know i thought i had things figured out back there and i thought my story was going to work out a certain way and now i'm at a, i'm further along in the journey and i'm realizing it doesn't work out <laughs> exactly like you know i was told or i expected and and that's a very um confusing moment. I, I think it's a disillusioning moment. I think it, it can be, uh, there's just a lot of frustration and, and pain that can be there. And um, I think part of the reason that we both wanted to do this film and that we wanted to, we wanted to engage people at that place is because I can't completely speak for Jessica. I would love to hear her talk about this too, but I think we're both, we both experienced that in different ways. And so um, the, the film has been a way to kind of peel back the curtain and kind of share a little bit of my process of questioning and my struggles. And, you know, I mean, I, I, it, the, the reason we're doing that is because people, people, I think, are compelled by stories. It's not that it's all about Josh Harris or that my story is that particularly important, but it, it, I think it does mirror what a lot of other people are, are processing and going through. And, you know, one of the things that's really important to, to me as I, as I think about this is just wanting to encourage other people to engage in conversations, to talk to people that have different stories, uh, talk to people who disagree with them, because that's, that's really changed me as I've, as I've done that. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to keep, uh, you know, 
promoting this this idea that what Josh thinks about anything is ultimately that important. You know, it's like um, I'm changing my mind on this, but I'm not. I don't want to encourage anyone to view me as some big authority that they should care. You know, if people want to agree with my book as I disagree with parts of it, that's great. You know, think for yourselves, um, study the Bible for yourself, have, you know, stand on your own convictions. Um, That's one of the things that I, I really hope people will come away from the film with. Jessica, uh, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, um, I yeah would just say that um, yeah, this film is an important conversation. It is by no means something that Josh or myself are delusional that it is the be all and end all of the conversation. I mean, what we're hoping it's a it's a really helpful catalyst to the church um, to really get get into these issues and for people to to um, through the, the the lens of the camera through through watching um, different conversations happening on screen um, and being kind of captivated in that moment that they're confronted by perspectives and stories that they otherwise would never have heard and it's different to reading it in a book or it's different to reading it in an article online it's you can see this person's emotion you can see what's going on for them and um, and you know as Christians we're you know, we're first told to love our neighbor and that involves compassion and and empathy and trying to come alongside one another rather than preaching, you know, this is the right way to do it. And maybe like, maybe it's not even the right way. You know what I mean? Um, Rather than, um, you know, that judgmentalness. So, so we're really hoping, my hope for the film is that it enables people to continue helpful dialogue around these very important issues that, that affect each one of us greatly and that people will be able to do that with a greater sense of um, greater sense of empathy, and they'll hear stories in the film and go, "Oh my gosh, I never knew it was like that for someone." That that's my hope. Um, that being said, I mean this film cannot um, tackle every issue. Just as Josh is saying, we can't go down every rabbit hole. If if we tried to do that, the film would be a mess and unhelpful. Um, so you know, it's by no means gonna make everyone happy. People aren't going to walk away from this going, I, you know, I now have no more questions about um, LGBTQ issues in the church or pornography or masturbation or, you know, any number of issues that, um, that, uh, that are kind of circling around these questions around relationships and sexuality. Um, but we're hoping it's, it's going to be a helpful piece of the puzzle and, um, and potentially, yeah, a catalyst. That is really well said. Thank you so much. I, I for one, have a a great deal of respect for both of you. Nobody in the world should be held to what they said when they were uh, 19, 20, 21 years old for the rest of their lives. And I think that we all live in a world where we'd like to think that we all have an opportunity to grow and evolve and hear a new word from God. And and I hope that everyone who uh, gets a chance to see your documentary is able to find a, a moment of healing in their own lives as they, you know, reconsider some things that they, they may have used to think about or used to, used to believe. And as well as um, are able to be connected to some resources for their own, you know, own personal maturity. Um, I'm Nate. Um, I think you wanted to say something. I'm really thankful for the time that you guys both gave us. Thank you for your brave honesty with how this experience has changed you both. And, um, 
yeah, that's I'm just excited. Thank you guys so much. I'm excited to watch this documentary and to learn from it. Well, thank you guys so much. I just uh, for people who are interested in uh, engaging in this content, um, the the movie had the film has been crowdfunded. It's going to be made available online for free uh, viewing, and so you can go to our website, I Survived IKDG.com, and you can sign up to be on our email list, so you'll be notified, um, you know, immediately when the film is released. Uh, we do have quite a few uh, expenses just related to kind of the final production costs, and part of the way that we're trying to cover those costs is that we are um, making. Uh, the interviews that we've done in their entirety available, we call it the backstage pass. It's a way for people to see a lot of the great content that we weren't able to put into the film. And um, so people can, can purchase that and that helps us to pay for, you know, the final production of the film. And it also gives them just really great uh, content. And we hope that a lot of, um, you know, small groups will use this, friends will use this, and it will just further the, the dialogue. Yeah, I'll just add um, the question that we're always asked at this point is like, okay, when's the film coming out? When's it going to be released? And um, and at this point, a lot of the the, the holdup is um, is related to just like the like legal permissions and just like the final stages of, of editing and you know myself working um, on the film as a volunteer and then I also have to find other work like paying work like right now I work as a nanny <laughs> so I can actually like make some money in order to um, to just pay rent while I work on this film for free uh, so I really yeah would just say like if you guys are if you're listeners um, people out there are interested to learn more um, the backstage pass uh, is a really, really great way to not only like keep hearing what, what's happening with these conversations and see the full unedited conversation that we can't completely include in the film, but each interview is you know a good 40 minutes of, of video that we we've packaged beautifully and um, it enables you to to see all of these conversations that um, Josh has had with all these people and. Um, and it also helps us uh, fund the rest of the film. So I really recommend um, people check it out. Thank you, Jessica Vander Wingard and Joshua Harris for being a part of this amazing podcast. I know for me, it was very special as a filmmaker and as someone who's familiar with your book. Like it's been a beautiful unfolding of events and to feel a part of this changing narrative is really an honor. So thank you all. And I hope everyone out there is, um, I hope you really enjoyed this one. For more information on their film, you can go to isurvivedikestandinggoodbye.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the next episode, Dr. Megan K. DeFranza, who is a Christian theologian, author, and speaker, is going to talk with us about intersex, not trans, not homosex, intersex, and the Bible. She wrote her dissertation and a consequent book on the topic, Theology, Male, Female, and Intersex in the Image of God. We'll be talking about that next on Touch Podcast. Thank you all for listening to touchpodcast.com. If you want some more information or if you want to follow us, watch us, listen to us, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook instagram <laughs> twitter freaking twitter i forgot it's still important to tweet this week's episode included the very sexy song titled kiss me slow by ellen goble with worldwide groove corporation out of nashville tennessee and featured kareem bennett 
You can hear more from Worldwide Groove on Spotify. And you can hear Kiss Me Slow in its entirety right now. Solamente tu Kiss me 